as I'm taking the what kind of caster are you quiz Great. on GoToQuiz. Is anyone else interested in taking it? Or? I'll take it. Okay. Show me the link. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on the thread. It is Only eight. two gender options. Wow. Yeah, I know. I noticed that, too. There's also, you only get three options for how you spent your 16th birthday party. <laughs> One of the options is outside under the moon. <laughs> yep, that's it. Which of these would you most likely wear? Jeans and a t-shirt, a tight tank top, and a waist short mini skirt. So why did you ask if you were a man or a woman when, like, at least two, arguably two of these are, like, women's clothes, and, and right? to be, yeah. Right. I mean, I guess, like, a cheerleader's uniform, there are male cheerleaders, of course. Sure. But, like, I feel like that's not usually a thing that, like, men think about. No. When was the last time you spoke to your family? The day before my 16th birthday, years This is years the worst. This is truly a garbage quiz. Yeah, I'm, paying, I'm finding a different one. <laughs> who, who is my fair, beautiful creature's character? Hmm. <laughs> and there's two, you have to... It's two parts, and then right. the second question is more character. Right, so I just thought that it's like, we didn't have enough options. Okay, here's a better one. You sure? <laughs> I'm not sure, but the first question was better than the first question of the other one. <laughs> what are you doing in your spare time? <laughs> do you ever go to my enemy? Yes, you do Or do nothing. Nothing, thank you. You are in a fight the next day. You see the person you got into a fight with. What do you do? I'm a, I'm a nice caster. This is dumb. See the friend to do it? I think it's seek. Oh. Or send. Oh. It doesn't, it just tells you that you're, like, what your personality as a caster is, which is not helpful. No, I don't need that. <laughs> okay, here's a different one, where the first question off the bat is, would you claim yourself light or dark? I like the last question on the first one you sent, too. It's like, that's okay. why I'm taking this test. What do you have on you at all times? A book? Just stuff? A weapon? Or things so I can help people? In social events, you tend to trash it, throw a fit, then run away? <laughs> trash a social event? Yeah, you're just trashing the social events. Alright, are we- is that enough bullshit? Yeah, I think so. And welcome back to a new episode of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit down with a troubled movie, honestly, and, you know, also have, like, a theme drink to help them get through it, and after watching it, we discuss what worked, what didn't, and how we would fix it. For my part, I am Chris. You must be claimed! Ravel. I am Brendan. Well, slap my ass and call me Sally. Trishler. And I am Lee. Greenpeace and all the other unnatural abominations, Deli Handy. <laughs> and, I mean, I think our nicknames speak for themselves. I think they do, too. But I... if you couldn't figure it out, we watched 2013's Beautiful Creature. Yes, directed by Richard... I don't know how to actually say it. Is it Legravenes? I don't really know. I mean, I've only ever seen it. Legravenes? Yeah. Legravenes. Anyway, he's, he's a guy. Like, he's done shit. You might, you probably know, like, shit he's done. Yeah, 2013, it's got Alden Ehrenreich, Alice Englert, Englert, Jeremy Irons, Viola Davis, Emmy Rossum, Thomas Mann, and Emma Thompson. I, I, you are, you get a little bit of Margot Martindale in there. Yeah, Margot Martindale. The last two names in that cast are trying to tongue-twist you. Emmy Rossum, Thomas Emmy Rossum, Thomas Mann, Emma, Emma Thompson. Thompson. <laughs> it's like trying to yeah, tongue-twist Yeah, I know. Emmy, Thomas, Emma Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
true. They're trying to. They're well, trying fuck to, you, Richard Legravity. Uh, I did it. Yeah, they also have uh, just our our much valued star of uh, Vampire Academy is uh, our our Christian Bible thumping. That's girl. right, Zoe Doi. Eileen Atkins as Grandma. That was Eileen Atkins. That was Eileen Atkins. Oh, wow. Kyle Gallner as Larkin Kent. Ooh. Kyle Gallner's a guy. Like he's been in shit. He was in Veronica Mars. He was in Scream, Scream Five, but Scream. Oh, where was we're just back to Scream again? Yeah, yeah, back to Scream again. Uh, <laughs> we're back to Scream again. Uh, yeah, it's a movie about witches, but don't you dare call them that. Don't use the W word. Don't use no. that word. They love magic. They love living in the South. There's a lot to get into in this movie, surprisingly. Uh, but before we get into that, like even when it's about, what did we drink? The drink that we made was called a Lightcaster Cooler. It is whiskey, three peaches, lemons, sprigs of thyme, half a cup of lemon juice, half a cup of maple syrup, half a cup of water, and then some more water as needed. The way it works is you peel and slice the peaches, zest the lemon, add the peach slices, lemon zest, thyme, maple syrup, and half a cup of water to the blender, blend it until it's smooth, then you strain the mixture through a sieve and add it to the lemon juice and... Basically, however much water you think this needs to suit you. So taste it a little bit, see what the uh, transparency levels look like. We poured it into a pitcher and just kind of added some water until we thought it looked about right. Mm -hmm. Then you pour it into glasses over ice, top it with some whiskey, and give it a gentle little stir to mix it up. I thought it was pretty yummy, Yeah, honestly. It was good. It It was was, done very smooth. It was very good. It was not... um, as overtly lemon as I thought it might have been. Same. Like, it was not super lemonade-y, nor was but it, it was good. Nor was it super peachy, which I appreciated. Yeah. Um, I thought the peach and the whiskey kind of kept each other in balance. Yes, yeah, they did. Yeah, and um, it was not... I think Lee especially was a little concerned that it was going to be, like, very maple syrupy. Yeah, or just... I mean, I was concerned by the op- opacity at first. That's true. And I mean, to be fair, like, there that is definitely... Like, this is, like, a much darker looking drink than I thought it was going to end up looking. Um, But it did not taste overtly maple syrupy. A dark gold like a dark caster's eyes. I'm not into peach that much but this didn't the peach in the I thought the like having pureed peach was going to kind of fuck with it for me but it really didn't it just is a nice like citrusy lemony mm-hmm. yeah. it's a very nice smooth like so I sweetness could drink this without the alcohol on a hot day yeah pretty nice frankly so yeah that was a success yeah I it was that. yeah yet another lemonade win I have to say and we haven't yeah. had a lot of bummers lately. and this was no, our, we haven't thank god this was our light caster lemonade yeah, yeah. light caster cooler light caster cooler that's right. what it was yes as um, our uh Sweet and sour summer of YA angst, angst. continues yeah. unabated. And there was there was some YA angst in this movie. I mean, this this is based off of this an angsty a, YA book. Yeah, it sure was. Who's gonna tell us like what what is this movie about? Me. To, like, what, yeah, yeah. what does this movie about? Leah? What what does I mean, this movie about? I don't know if I can tell you what it's about. But Wikipedia has some ideas. <laughs> Wikipedia has is gonna make an attempt. Yeah, in Gatlin, South Carolina, teenager Ethan Waite awakens from a recurring dream of a girl he has not met. He despairs of his small-town existence and dreams of leaving for college. His first day of junior year, a newcomer, Lena Duquesne, resembles the girl Ethan has been dreaming about. Other students gossip about Lena's reclusive uncle, Macon Ravenwood, suggesting her family are devil worshippers. On the way home, Ethan nearly runs her over. Giving her a ride, they bond over interests. <laughs> you know, like, That's like, so fun. They bond like, over interests. Dukowski and... Yeah. <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut. And, yeah. Do you have interests? Yeah. Yes, I have interests. I have interests. I do like... Is I also... Ha- is I, do have I do have interests. Yeah. Define good. Uh, in class, a few students insist they cannot be in class with Lena and pray to be protected from her and her family. Visibly shaken, her class windows shatter, increasing fears and suspicions that she is a witch. Ethan and Lena become friends and he gives her a locket he found at Greenbrier. 
uh, which is a plantation. I was going to say, okay, and what is Greenbrier? Greenbrier Plantation. Uh, both touching the locket trigger. Both of them touching the locket triggers a flashback to the Civil War. Macon, disapproving of their relationship, conspires with Ethan's family friend Emma to separate them. Lena tells Ethan that she and her family are casters capable of performing spells. On her sixteenth birthday, her true nature will reveal itself either the, to either the dark, the light, or the dark. Complications arise when two powerful dark casters aim to push Lena to the dark. Ridley, Lena's cousin, and Lena's mother, Seraphine. Who did, who did not raise Lena and has possessed Mrs. Lincoln, the mother of Ethan's friend, Link. Seraphine uh, foresees Lena will become a powerful caster, wanting Lena to use her power to purge the earth of humans, leading just casters. The couple have another flashback of their past, with of their, it's not their past, but let's not use <laughs> that, with the locket, revealing that their ancestors, caster Genevieve Duquesne and mortal Confederate soldier Ethan Carter Waite, were in love. Ethan died in battle, and Genevieve revived him. Doing so laid a curse on all Duquesne women. They will go dark on their 16th birthday. I don't think that's right. I'm not sure about that. I mean, I think that's that what, what the movie says. I think that's what the movie okay. posits, whether or not that is accurate to the books. Yeah. I don't know. A mortified Lena asks Emma to help, being a seer and keeper of the Castle Library beneath the town library extending all across the USA. The most ancient of the books reveals the secret to undoing the curse. Someone Lena loves has to die. Unwilling to take Ethan's life, Lena erases his memories of their love. Seducing Link, Ridley gives him a bullet to use in the upcoming Civil War reenactment of the Battle of Honey Hill, also Lena's 16th birthday. Uh, Lena feels the shock of the curse being... Oh my god, this is a horrible sentence. <laughs> also, Lena's birthday. I'm going to put a period there. Yeah. Lena feels the shock of the curse being broken and, run, broken and runs to Ethan, clutching his dying body as Ridley and Seraphine encourage her to accept the dark. She lashes out in anger, sending a huge tornado through the crowd until Ethan's body transforms into Macon, who had disguised himself to be the sacrifice to lift the curse. As he is dying, he reveals that he promised Ethan's mother to, mother to keep her son alive. These dying words encourage Lena to claim herself... She causes the moon to disappear so it cannot claim her for the dark. Allowing Ridley to flee, she pulls Seraphine from Miss Lincoln's body, powerfully stealing away Seraphine's spirit. Six months later, a still amnesiac Ethan visits Emma in the library before a college tour with Link. Lena gives him a book they had once shared as a present. Lena is a half-light dark caster. Half-light slash half-dark caster. Like her mother and cousin. That's no. not the case. No. Um... <laughs> More like a black and white cookie. Yeah. As Link and Ethan reach the timeline, the town's burned exit sign reminds him momentarily. He gets out of the car shouting Lena. She hears his call and is freed of her dark side. That's not actually... I don't... That doesn't happen either. Yeah, well, well, because the thing... Right, because you see the the eye twinkle and then, like, not twinkle. But I agree with you. That is a very strange assumption to make. I think that that the eye is doing that already. Like, it it just is flickering back. That was my thought, too. It wasn't that he made her eye stop being evil. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of a lot of extrapolation happening. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably about as good of a guess as I could do for some of it. Yeah, you know, I think it ties into one of our main problems we have with this movie. Yeah, yeah. which we will get to. Right. Um, I mean, we should do a little bit of like preface. So this yeah. is a YA adaptation. Mm-hmm. It is based on. It is called like Lee was the, the series Caster Chronicles. Caster Chronicles? Okay. The yeah, this is the first book in the Caster Chronicles. It's set in Georgia. Um, it's set. One of the just accepted parts of the world of this story is there is a strong reenactment community, and I guess the history teacher? Question mark? Well, I mean, I well know, that's just the movie. I makes it yeah. mandatory. Like the book, yeah. Yeah. Just what, what, so just what I was saying, the, 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 I was trying to find like the author's names. Uh, Cami Garcia and Margaret Stoll. 
Uh, Beautiful Creatures is the first of four books, so that's mostly what this is being based upon, but it seems like from what we've gathered that they're taking a lot of liberties with the story of the book in this adaptation. Yeah, a lot of stuff um, is definitely different verified that I have verified. Yeah. Um, and I don't know... I'm assuming they, they wanted to do the other four... I mean, four naturally. But this but movie did not do it. Would, it would really... I think some of the stuff in this movie would have thrown a wrench into the future. I kind of... I always kind of... So here, just real quick, I just wanted to throw out the box office for this movie. Oh, I got it. Just because... Oh, you do? I have it here, too. The budge was 50 to 60 million. Yeah. Is what I have. And then the box office... Ooh, that stinks. 60.1. Right. So it, like, 100% did not make money, money. this movie. No. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I agree with you that they almost certainly would have wanted to make uh, sequels to this based on the other mm -hmm. books. I always do kind of find it interesting with um, adaptations like this how... You essentially want this to be a franchise. You want there to be more than one movie. And then you'll take such liberties with the book so as to, like, potentially fuck up what the sequels are lying down. And are, like, pissing off the people who you could guarantee were going to go and see that movie. That, too. This seems like, from what I gathered from just looking at it online, that fans of the book did not enjoy this adaptation because of the liberties taken. Which, like, I get. I, I understand. I'm not saying that... We should feel the need to be slavishly faithful to a bunch no, of militant nerds. But I do feel that, you know, if you are making this, like, I don't know, maybe try and hew a little close to what's happening. Yeah. Well, especially because... And I don't say it because, like, oh, like, you know, the fan love is so important in this case. But it's more like... If they don't see the movie, who will see the right. movie? <laughs> Similar to... I would... I could even... I think if you look at the basic plot of this movie... It's sort of like a gender-reverse Twilight in some sense. Yes, there is that. Uh, because uh, it is interesting, too, that I think it's two female writers chose a male protagonist to be our kind of uh, audience surrogate in this yeah. weird world. Right, he's, he's the point-of-view character. It's in the world of, like, YA supernatural romance, he's, like, the normie that can't do shit and is just sort of being strung along by right. all these much more powerful people. And normally, you, it's it's... A woman right. who's in that role. Yeah. Where the woman is, like, just introduced has... to a boy who's so mysterious well, and strange. and you know what? There's just something about her, yeah. though. She might not have powers, but yeah, that's true, there's but something about her. She has that her. genesis quash. And she it's either, like, people are drawn to her, mm -hmm. or she... Right, delicious blood. Or she smells so good, or whatever. Right. Right, she smells very lovely. Or, yeah. um, sometimes they'll have it be, like, oh, normally my powers make me feel this bad way, but not when you're around kind of deal, which yeah. there was some element of that, I guess, in the books for this. Um... Yeah, like, this This fits very much into that tried-and-true YA supernatural mold. Right, but with, of course, like we said, the gender swap, which right. is, I think is what I found probably the most interesting about this um, when we were looking at potential candidates to do for our YA summer, mm -hmm. is that on paper, if you... Had if you did not have this gender swap, this would be like a fairly rote, straightforward girl meets mysterious boy who has a mysterious magical destiny and a family full of other magical people. Right. Like she starts to get drawn to this world. But for this one, it's a boy, and I kind of really like that. It's also just I feel refreshing to. I don't know how to articulate this, but I guess it's just refreshing to me that the writers weren't like we're writing for a young female audience. We'll just give them. Some chick who's really just going to be a blank slate they can project themselves on because she's like has five boyfriends and they're all really hot, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. so I enjoy this that no, we're we're getting we're getting a similar story. Don't you worry, all of those elements are still in there, but we're getting it through this normal male protagonist. Yeah, I just I, that's that's interesting. Well, my my number one thing that drew me to this movie when I, we decided to we were like looking at live movies to do is that 
because it's the inverse, but it's also still a YA romance written for and written by and for women, is that instead of like the Mary Sue kind of protagonist who's like just got something special about her, what you have is this like inverse Gary Stu where like it's not like he's like a sort of power fantasy or he's like something (laughs) special about him. It's that he's like. He's basically what every woman would dream about having. Right. He's like sensitive. This, this guy is like smart and intellectual right. and like and like you know a little bit stubborn is like maybe his worst trait. But he's yeah. like a bit bad for you. He's he's yeah. really exactly he's, yeah. He's, kind. he's just like the most perfect boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. No, he truly is. Um, which which I agree. That is also a very interesting aspect of this uh, movie. And there is a bad something very attractive about reading about this like perfect boy having these like purely beautiful feelings for this right. For this witch woman. Right. Know. And I, I guess maybe part of that is also, like, why... I, maybe that's part of the appeal for, um, like, fans of this book, mm-hmm. where it's, like, you get in the head of a male character, and when you get into that male character's head, you see that he's a he's sweet great. boy. Yeah. Yeah. He's great! Like, everything about him is wonderful, it's, and he loves you. It's so interesting that I feel like... It's 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 just such an interesting form of the female gaze. I feel like we don't get a lot in general, but not yeah. in, definitely not in YA, yeah. where it's just like he is just a sweet guy. Like yeah. Yeah. he's not. It's not like he's muscular. It's not like he's some kind of hunk. He's just it's a like, good. He's a good boy. What is that blank check thing you quote about home again? It was like, what if boys were nice? What if boys were good? What if boys were good? What if boys were good? I mean, honestly, to be like, I kind of almost sort of wish that this movie had been directed by a woman or a gay man, because I feel like we yeah. could have gotten more of that. Right. You could have really gone for female gays in this right, movie yeah. in a way that I feel like a straight male director what probably can't of. quite do. But like yeah. a sort of nice, like sort of chaste uh, YA female gaze, where yeah. it's, like, yes. instead of like seeing, getting to see a guy sort of like shirtless in a shower, it's like look at him reading Kurt Vonnegut. Right, like, look at him push the yeah. hair out of his eyes. Right. Oh. <laughs> so dreamy. Well, and it's also a lot of what just they're in like fields and in. Yeah. Pastoral settings a lot together. Look, yeah. look at him standing up for feminine age. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> look at him. Look at him. He's not deterred by her weird family. Yes. He's sticking it out for her. <laughs> He's even nice to Larkin when his mom is a crazy, crazy asshole. Yeah. Um. Me but, Link? Who's Larkin? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I got Link and Larkin mixed up. Yeah. 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 The, yeah understandable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not a great, <laughs> incidentally, not a great idea to have two characters whose names sound kind of the same. Right. Yeah. And I both, of, both of who are barely sketched out as people. Right. I mean, like, Link gets a little bit more. Di- I think the one thing that I find fascinating, I wanted to kind of bring it up real That's quick. That's But if you look at the picture of this movie, or the, sorry, the poster of this mm-hmm. movie, you have, like, all the main characters you expect. So you've got Viola Davis, you've got Jeremy Irons, you've got the two leads, you've got Emmy Rossum, which... I get because she's more of a name, even though she's only in the movie for like 10 minutes. Right. And Emma Thompson. But Emmy Rossum is posed seductively on this couch holding Link's arm. Uh, which is her really... brother. No, no, no. Link is not oh, her brother. Larkin is her it. brother. You're right. Yeah. But I feel like... The... And Thomas Mann gets above the title billing on this poster, too. He is like Weird. the last bill. Who's Thomas Mann? Thomas Mann is the actor who plays Link. Oh. Well, that's because, again, they're going to become super important. In the no, I course. agree with you. I, I definitely see that. But it also feels like, well... Larkin is probably going to become super important too, but he doesn't get to be like on the poster. Anything, well, you know? no, because Larkin dies pretty soon. I think. Yeah, fair enough. So, like, I think the idea is 
with, with that is that like people who are into the books and are like, yes, the first book is being made. Mm-hmm. They want to see, you know, for the link stands out there. They're like, what does it look like? Yeah, having seen the movie, what they're doing where she's like holding his arm and he's holding her arm, it could just easily be interpreted as like the fact that she kind of like seduces gets in his him. head and seduces him. Mm-hmm. But it does kind of. I feel like if you were looking at this poster, you would assume like, oh, these are two very important characters right. who are in some sort of sexual relationship, and they're already coupled up, right? Or or just like it'll happen very soon on, right. and they'll both matter a lot in this movie. Neither one is really true. Although, we'll get to this, but the reason why she seduces him ends up being so complicated, where it's just this, like, I'm gonna teach you this magic thing to do where you form a bullet in your hand, where I was like, wouldn't well, it easier think, to just give him a bullet? I don't, I don't know, <laughs> you know, I think in the first movie, he's just, we don't get that far, he's just being used as, like, a tool. Okay. He's yeah. just essentially being, like, brain magic washed. We're starting to edge into it, but I kind of want to talk about some of the finer details. I keep edging all day. Of this world, I, that's the idea. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this world... It attempts to present itself to you, and what you find is there are many tatters and there are things missing. Right. <laughs> I, I will never not find <clears throat> the world building in this movie to be endlessly confusing. Yeah. I've seen this movie three times now, uh, within a fairly short span of time, yeah. too, so it's not like it's like I saw it once years ago, it fell out of my head, and then I had to see it again. And I still, like, every time I see this movie, I still walk away being like, I'm not quite sure <laughs> I'm understanding almost anything that they're laying down in terms the, of world building. They throw around terms so much... And they kind of get explained, but not in a satisfactory way. And I I guess maybe part of that is intentional because they want you to... They probably want you to want more, right? Because they want you to come back to that second movie. But you at least need to answer some fundamental, foundational questions here. So, for example, one of the repeated concerns is Lena being claimed by the moon slash the curse. Mm -hmm. And uh, she could be claimed for the dark side or the light. No one ever fucking defines what that means! Right, so I mean, I feel like I kind of walk away from this with a vague idea of that, where it's like, we know that she will turn 16, and the moon will decide whether she is good or bad. Yeah, and also, because we had this flashback of Ridley, it doesn't really matter who you were before you were 16. Right. Because you could be a really nice, well-meaning, sweet girl, and then the moon gives the you The moon turns you into a tramp. <laughs> yeah, and then now you want to fucking kill men. Right, right, yeah. You want to use your sexual wiles yeah. to lure men in front of trains. And so it's like, I don't know... Like, th- this is, again, and this is also a thing that we find out, I think in the movie, definitely in the book, that is, like, unique to this family, that most people... Get to decide what type right. of castle they are. I don't know if this meant. I don't know if that's mentioned in the movie, but I do. I yeah. was looking well, a little bit at the wiki. So yeah. I was. I was trying to pay attention on the second watch. For me, this this was the second watch through, and I because I walked away from my first viewing thinking they were making a statement about all casters everywhere. Right. I still don't feel like they distinguish it enough. It just. I mean, well, I, it's definitely something I want to dive into, this whole, like, women's agency in this world, but yeah. they definitely make you think. Well, again, it's in the movie. Yeah, it's just for the Duquesne woman. They do say in the movie that it's just the Duquesne woman. Oh, they do? Okay. Yes, because in the, in the movie theater, when they see the flashback, Seraphine's voice literally comes in and says, like, and that is why Duquesne <laughs> women are claimed by the moon. Claimed by the, by the dark. Yeah. I would just but, like, So wait, are all Duquesne women always going to be claimed dark? Or are they that's just what like... That's Seraphine says. Okay, because I guess I'm confused as to, like, is there a chance that the moon could no, decide she's good? Or is the moon always going to be like, nah, kid, you're evil? I, I'm also confused on that point, because Jeremy Iron says you're not sure. She could still right. go light. He does. There is... They do repeatedly introduce... 
an element of uh, well, uncertainty not, there. It's not because his fucking sister is light and his mom is light. Yeah. So it's not right. all women. That's true. Hashtag so not that, all women. That particular line is probably Seraphine trying to fuck with Lena, if I had to guess. Yeah, that's fair. But it does. what definitely does happen is that in, in both cases, the book of Moons, uh, because Jennifer wrote that spell now, it's like, now the book decides... Which I guess also means the book induces a total personality shift. Right. <laughs> because that's that's the, the bananas thing about this that I can't really get my head around still is how you don't get to decide who you are at a base right. mm-hmm. emotional moral, moral level. Or ethical yeah. level, yeah. Yeah, like you it, you turn 16 and suddenly you either want to kill people or help them. Right, but, right. Regardless of how you felt about it before. Here's right. the other thing I wonder. Is it just the moon zaps you and you go evil or the moon doesn't zap you and you stay light? I don't think it's that. I think the moon does something either way. I think I, okay. I think in this movie, at least, the way it happens is like you see the moon on your 16th birthday, and then you, you become you good have, or you become you, you get you get hit by a you get hit by a moonbeam. Yeah, you have like a higher purpose. Yeah. After I mean, that. it is bananas though to see that like it's like Emmy Rossum runs away because she's really afraid of hurting her family when she goes dark. Moonlight, and now she's just like, mm, yeah, she like basically fuck and yeah. kill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's bananas. It truly is. Well, and it 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 also erases any doubt you have about where this is going, just because the evil choice here isn't even they don't even slightly complicate it. I would say the most that they complicate with like becoming evil is that I guess Jeremy Irons' character Macon is a dark caster, and he is. Seems to be good as a person. Yeah. Um, although they imply that this is inhibiting his power. I know that we're all kind of worried in an adaptation like this, but you don't want to have like a five minute sequence where a character sits down and is like, enough, here are the rules. Right. Let me you tell you. Like a PowerPoint. Right. <laughs> exactly. But, but like, you need something. You do need to tell right? us something. You at least need to tell us on a basic level, what do these two identities mean? Right, and the other thing that I find weirdly fascinating is that according to the Castor Chronicles wiki, there are, like, concentrations... Right, you have, right, right, your major. You choose your major whenever you choose to become good or evil. I don't think it's like a major. I think it's like a natural. I don't think you choose. No, I know. I'm not. I'm not yeah, saying. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm just saying more that like there are like specific like focuses yeah, that you, you have where it's like this type is good with natural elements. Yeah, and much like, as you were given a morality compass, you were given yes. a subclass. Right, and so <laughs> the movie doesn't really deal with any of that. And no. I guess on paper the thought might be, well, it's weirdly confusing to like break down all these different types. You're like, well, some of them are always good, some of them are always bad, some of them can be either and like some of the bad versions of the good version and just like I, I guess you don't want to like sit there and have someone lecture yeah. you well, but on a, the other hand yeah. like it's so vague as to the point that I don't understand what anyone's ability right. actually is or well, what anything understand. means which means you don't understand the stakes what I don't understand at all because I haven't read the books I've only read the Wikipedia for the books is whether or not like being a a natural means you can only do nature magic and right. if you want to read someone's mind too, too bad too right, so right. sad because like you know, in, in like D and D wizards, you know, divination wizards are just really good at divination, but they can they still can cast a translation. Well, yeah. other wizards can do can cast divination yeah. spells. They I just don't be as good like, at it. It's like, does natural mean that you're the like best only at this? natural? Yeah, yeah, nothing else. Or yeah. it means you literally can't do any other type. <sighs> right, of because I mean, it seems like Jeremy or not Jeremy Irons, um, Macon mm-hmm. has like varying different abilities where like one he turns himself into Alden Ehrenreich at the end he also seems to kind of like hypnotize Alden well, Ehrenreich well he doesn't do he doesn't turn himself into Alden Ehrenreich Larkin does the, okay because they, they like switch appearance yeah. or they like he gives him Alden's appearance and then he takes Macon's appearance okay so. yeah 
All right, I guess that makes some level of sense. That's literally Larkin's only reason for being present. Okay, (laughs) all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Uh, That that makes sense, that makes sense. um, One more question. (laughs) Before I go. (laughs) Uh, I also just, and we'll we'll kind of start edging into the next topic with... Keep edging, Chris. We're going to keep on edging, baby, don't you worry. (laughs) One of, I feel, the major holes in this world is the start of this curse... Which is incredibly silly to see happen in the flashback we get, uh, where they go to a movie theater, and then Seraphine basically uh, does, like, a magic, like, film reel. They both touch... It's because they both touch the amulets. Which they don't really explain how he has it. I I don't quite understand the gist of the amulet. It's just that, like, he finds the amulet, and they just establish that, like, if they both touch the amulet at the same time, they'll start to have, like, flashbacks. Because they're both the descendants of the people in the memory. Yeah, I guess that's it, maybe. Anyway. We get to see why this curse exists, and it's... While the Union Army <laughs> is coming through the fucking plantation and understandably burning it the fuck down, yeah. um, the owner of the plantation's daughter, played by Rachel Brosnahan, who is what's her face, what's her face, um, marvelous Miss Maisel. That's what it was. Um, she is freaking out over her dead boyfriend. Boyfriend, yeah. And who was shot by Union soldiers, which, like, right in front of their house. Which, by the way, I'm sorry, that must have been terrible for you. Don't care, he was a Confederate. Um, <laughs> yeah, this movie does not at all care about, like, what the stakes of the Civil War were. It's just sort of set dressing that oh, they kind of toss in. Just as a, as a quick sidebar, one of the first lines that Alden Ehrenreich says in this movie is, I used to dream about fighting for the cows on that hill. What, yeah, was so what, what was the cause there? What was the cause? Yeah, like, what, what cause Alden? And I was also like, the movie really just doesn't want to get into it. No. And I understand and like, from I get a YA it, I wouldn't field. either, but I also just wouldn't have it right. in it because... Yeah. So just I mean, don't put in this fucking civil war. It's an optics thing. I don't know if it's in the book or just the movie, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it's not great. I... I want to know what Viola Davis thinks about it. Give me your opinion. You know? Yeah, that's also true. Viola Davis is never like talking, hmm, let me hear some more about your Confederate Army fantasies, Ethan. <laughs> right. Love to hear those. Anyway, um... You were talking about the flashback. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so as he dies, right, he bleeds out, presumably after being shot, immediately Rachel Brosnahan is like, oh, forbidden spell to bring him back from the dead, and literally... As Seconds you, later. You yeah. see him open his eyes, and it's from his perspective, she's already, like, a demoness. Right. And immediately kills chokes, him. Chokes him out. Yeah, right. He, like, wakes up, like, not that even, was rough. Not even a magic spell. She just chokes him yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's so... I understand it's supposed to be tragic. I understand it, that it's it's supposed to be I, I this, like, tragic right. irony or whatever, but it's such a root one demonstration of irony, and it's so funny to see her, oh my god, I need to raise him back up from the dead, and then immediately Right. Him. I mean, I think that, like, it could be suitably tragic if time was spent on it, because I feel like right. you need, like, a second of them being like, holy shit, you're alive, and then, like, he hugs her, and they're like, everything's gonna be great now, like, we'll run away, blah, 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 and then all of a sudden she starts glowing red and, right. like, kills him again, but it's literally just, like... He wakes up and she's like, nope, <laughs> dead again, get back down there. <laughs> yeah. And then I do love, uh, it's such a minor thing, but after she kills him and as clearly we're supposed to, they're kind of wrapping up the flashback, you just see 
demon Rachel Brosnahan just sort of like stiltedly waddle away <laughs> across the yard. And it's it's so funny because like her next thing is she just goes to the battlefield and kills a bunch of Union soldiers Rich. or whatever. Yeah. But it was so fucking well, funny like to just see her like... She goes full grudge demon. Yeah, she instantly. does. Full grudge <laughs> With the hair over her face and everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so funny. Um, but... It's that it's just so silly that it's hard to take seriously as the root of this terrible curse. It is. But also when you get down to it, women have a really fucked up lack of agency in this. Oh, they do. 100%. No, it's 100%. Awful. Yeah. And again, it's just like just these women. Just right. these women just these have women. a weird lack of agency. It's I, I have not seen women's agency robbed in 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 this way before. Like I've never yeah. seen a, a, a female character not have control over her own persona, yeah, or ethics or morals. That's wild. Yeah, I think especially when you pair it with like again the POV boy yeah. being a thing, it just it just makes a really strange like, twisteroo, right? Yeah, <laughs> just 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 to be like, and also like like this is a story like from a boy's perspective by a boy, and the women don't get to choose who they end up being. Right, we're just a little like, huh? Okay, okay, I guess. And I like. <sighs> You know, and maybe there is, like, a better intent behind that. Maybe there was meant to be this theme about, like, society putting this on women or whatever. Right, and you but, could, and there could be, because Emma Thompson has a really good speech at the end where she shows up, and she's, like, talking about love, and she says something about how, like, love is something that mortals make up to make women feel like they have to power give, or To give women something to play with instead right. of power. Right, and I Which is interesting. Power. You're like, hmm. And yeah. I think, like, you could probably tie it into that, you know, the idea that, like, because she loved someone, she had to, like, give up her power, and Emma Thompson is, like... No, no, like, power is what you should have. But then also, it's like, well, then you have to side with the villain in this. And right. it's sort of like, like you yeah. know, like, and I guess perhaps that is where the whole, like, I'm not going to be good, I'm not going to be bad thing that in the books comes from. Well, it's not I, I really think that it's like a flawed argument, because again, I think that that line, it's a, I think Seraphine is essentially like a sociopath. And again, like, we don't mm-hmm. get into... Was Seraphine nice before she was 16? Right. No, she definitely didn't have Lena before she was 16. Right. So, since she's been dark, she probably was so sort of sociopathically lacking any empathy when she gave birth to Lena, and so probably doesn't love her, and probably doesn't have any genuine, like, interest in, in her. Yeah. The way Emma Thompson plays her response to Did You Ever Love Me, Mama, where she's like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I forget. <laughs> who, can, who can remember? It's yeah. so good. It, really it is, is a great line reading, and it's a great line. Yeah. It's yeah, such yeah. Like, yeah, you know what? I'll forget. <laughs> yeah, Emma Thompson really fucking kills so long ago. Well, we will... Uh, we will get deeper into her, but I do just want to spend a moment on the finest scene in this entire film. And the show, the, sh- the one, the standoff one, the the, 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 the showdown in the in the church. The ta- oh, oh we'll, the table, table spinning. spinning is my second. Favorite. <laughs> okay. We'll get to that next. All right, first favorite sequence. First favorite sequence is well, there's no context for this sequence. We really just go into it where. We start in church, and uh, Mrs. Lincoln, played by uh, Emma Thompson, is ranting and raving about over 300 local parents have signed this petition to kick Lena Duquesne out of this school, our our main gal. And, uh, yeah, Jeremy Irons comes in to, like, throw down with her, and then they just exchange these, like, incredibly hilarious monologues. Right, I mean, the, 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 where she says something about how, which was Lee's nickname beginning, about how, like, be condemned to hellfire with, like, Democrats, liberals, socialists, Greenpeace, and, and all, all the other yeah, unnatural abominations. I would think you would welcome fire. It would give you a chance to burn, burn that, that hat. Fortunate <laughs> Yeah, and then, like, some gay guy on the other stands up and is like, ooh, snap! Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, he did not! 
podcast. And I also love, they treat his line where he was like, I'm sure many of you have better things to do on this beautiful day. People go, <gasps> as if like, better than church? How could you say that, Jeremy Irons? It's just so good because also, I mean, not to tip, but they're kind of like, they're giving the most entertaining performances in oh, this yeah, movie. Sure. So like, to see them... Just, like, chewing the scenery together was a lot of fun. Right, just to see them go back and forth with each other. Like, it's like the two highlights of the movie right there. Yeah. Because then the, the light switch goes off, and Seraphine shows up, and it's a different, like, campy oh, performance. Yeah. Ser- yeah, Emma Thompson jumping back and forth between two incredibly, wildly <laughs> different extremes. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, my second favorite scene is uh, when Emmy Rossum shows up, which, Brendan, you, you called this out. She does inject, like, new energy. Oh, yeah, like, when she, like, movie. pops up in her car, it's like, oh, shit, now, now, like, now things are happening. Right! Like, now we're gonna go. Things do happen! And then happen. she just kind of disappears and, for most of the movie. And even though her character is really cheesy, she's very fun. Uh, but, yeah, it's, she, like, cruises by, sees the cute boys at the school point. Right, and she's, like, 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 she's like, something? I think they're just, like, like running gym. track or something. Yeah, okay. and she's like, it's like gym class. Yeah, 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 and she's like, which cute boy is it that, like, my cousin? of love with. And she, like, uh, I like how she she appears to activate her spell by really laying one on uh, on Ehrenreich and basically, like, magically kidnaps him to come back to this, like, I don't know, what is it, just, like, witch and warlock Thanksgiving? Yeah, it, 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 it ends up being, like, it's the witch gathering. Thanksgiving. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Where it's just, like, the entire family is getting together to have dinner. It's the gathering of the jugglers. <laughs> <laughs> they pour Fago yeah. from, uh, from Crystal Caress. So many, yeah, so many runs on Fago throughout the South. Oh my god, this is also a good time to talk about, can we talk about the set dressing of the Macon Duquesne house? Yeah, of the living room, how, like, okay, so from the Side, your typical sort of like wilted southern, right, southern manor, like vines everywhere, kind of like decaying and lush Heavy and gothic. Steamy looking. Right. And then when you open the door, I think it was like, who was it who said it was like Beetlejuice Maybe. Light? Yeah, yeah. Chris had said, where it um, looks like Catherine O'Hara's aesthetic in Beetlejuice, but like tasteful. Way pulled back. Yeah. 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 Um, because it is just like all black, right, and all, all right. white. All and black and white, little spiral staircase in the middle, like right. fireplace. Grand piano, seating area is beautiful. The next time we show up, it's like a fucking forest. It's like birch trees. Well, yeah, it's like an right. illusory forest. Right, but like, like... The, the door frames are still there, and it looks yeah. like the door frames lead to rooms. So it's like, you can still go to the other rooms, but like, is that like a wall illusion? Is that like I an know, actual it's, forest? It's I don't the, know. It's one of those animated wallpapers you get from Tom Nook. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> That'd be so great. Wouldn't that be amazing if you could just walk into it and never return? <laughs> <laughs> I oh can't... no, somebody changed the wallpaper! <laughs> oh, oh, they're stuck! Um, and then the third time you see it briefly, where it's just almost the same as the first, except they're like shooting lightning bolts. Yeah, and, yeah, and Lena's like posing dark. as if she's right. like... They're sort of like in an abyss. <laughs> yeah, they are, and yeah. And Lena's posing as if she's like getting like a like a glamour shot. To right, her. yeah, she's like, like on, on the yeah. staircase in the middle, like posing solemnly and seductively and then like when Alden Enreich starts trying to step forward she like spins the staircase around super quickly and like <laughs> pops out in front of him and is like go away uh, well and it, we know maybe spinning is her true power that's true because so spin. as, as Emmy Rossum brings brings the boy toy uh, uh, Ethan into dinner and of course we, like, we meet a whole sheaf 
of new relatives right. who we barely get to know, including Margot Martindale. Right, and they all have to keep saying, like, like their names. To, well, they keep referring to themselves as, like, hey, sis, hey, hey cuz, so that you, the viewer, are not overwhelmed by the amount of characters you have met in this scene. They need to keep telling you their relationship because you will not get it from right. their performances. Exactly. But obviously, Emmy Rossum, because she's just the sexy RG in an RW of this movie, even if she's an atypical one, is, of course, being a little too handsy, and Lena doesn't like that. And so well, it's not even it's that she's, like, possessed him, too, so that he can't, like, right. do anything. Like, he's sitting there silently, like, unable to speak or move of his own free I will. I kind of like how they they made the possession stuff seem like he was always, like, holding himself in tension. Well, it's, like, it seems like he's, like, trying to move, but, like, is unable to actually move, so he'll just kind of, like, sputter periodically. I thought it was a cool acting choice. I did, too. And so, like, they're sitting down, they're having, like, a, a like a tense little family chat where, you know, Emmy Rossum is, like, laying it on really thick and being like... <laughs> I'm evil! Right, Come join me! Yeah. Wouldn't it be fun if you were evil, too? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Lena's like, nope! It stands <laughs> up, and then the table starts spinning... Very, 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 very quickly, and the room starts spinning very, 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 very quickly direction. in the other direction, counterclockwise. And so you just have right. exactly, and so you just have like all of the family members sitting at the table, so aside from Emmy Rossum and Lena, and every fucking like push and shot we get of it's usually two shots of the relatives reacting to the table and room spinning, and they're so... It's not... They're not that freaked out. No, they're not. But they are just, like, annoyed. Right, no, that's... that's <laughs> they're more annoyed by what's happening. We're like, you'll just, like, cut back to your room, and they're like, like, Lena, can you stop it? Can okay. you stop this, Lena? And, like, Margot Bardell's just what's like, stop it. And she, someone, like, catches a candlestick. Right, yeah, and they're, like, trying to keep a plate in... Um, what's his face? Larkin is just, like, sitting there eating normally. Yeah. Which I like. That's a fun touch. And then, um, I just love how the button on the whole scene is just... And out the window, yeah, and she launches Emmy Rossum out of a window. <laughs> and really we funny. don't see her again until close to the end of the movie. And, yeah, where she's wearing her, like, best goth prom. Right, and seducing Link on a raft oh, right. in the midst of alligators. Ugh, it's just such a silly, funny scene. I loved how otherwise very serious we're supposed to take that. Yeah, I don't know if we're supposed like, I don't think the rest of the movie is per se serious. It's just that, like, uh, again, it's a scene where, like, a character does something interesting, which does not happen all that often yeah. in this movie, where, like, someone makes some really ridiculous display of power, mm -hmm. and you kind of get, like, oh, like, you are actually witches, and you can actually do magic things, whereas for the rest of the movie, a lot of it's just sort of, like I said, lightning bolts, or just looking like someone else. It's a little anticlimactic. Or, um, they'll, they'll put in that weird, like, fragmented effect, like, when Alden is getting, like, stuck in the woods. Right, the yeah, which is uh, another fun scene that I kind of like, where he's <laughs> trying to get in, and he just, like, sees... He, go, he, like, opens the gate to where the house is, like, goes down the walkway, and then realizes in front of him, he sees, like, his car parked in front of the gate again, and as he, like, turns back, he sees himself again walking toward him, mm -hmm. and it's just, like, whoa, it just, like, starts running forward, which is, um, an another sort of fun moment that uh, the movie doesn't get a whole lot of. I feel like this movie could have used some of the Sorcerer's Apprentice magical creation, like, creativity. Yeah, I mean, I again, I think so much of this just comes back to the, the fact that, like, the movie doesn't seem all that interested in explaining anyway. what the magic or lore is, so, like, if perhaps if it wanted to talk about it a little bit more, it would have injected a bit more creativity into the proceedings. I think alongside with the female agency problem, it's the just refusal to explain lore in this movie that I think is the fatal flaw. Right. Because I, mean, I don't see why you're watching this movie if it's not to at least dive into this lore a little bit deeper. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think the movie explains a few things, but it doesn't explain all things. It doesn't explain them well. That's mostly... They were like, well, we'll, we'll get to it in the second movie. Right, and I mean, it, it explains, I guess, the thing with Moon a little bit, and it explains, like, the... the uh, Amulets, I mean, you clearly whatever. understand the countdown to the 16th. Oh, day. right. I mean, that's like tattoo on her hands. Right. She, you, she has a literal countdown. But I mean, you, you know, her. like she turns 16. She's everyone's work. She doesn't want to turn evil. She doesn't have a choice in it. Right. How do we stop it? That's right. the. I mean, that is at least clear. It's the details that are foggy. Right. It's it's just sort of like so. But like, what does being evil become? Like, what does that mean? Well, to again, you Well, yeah. I don't think evil? that. I don't. I don't have an answer for that in any yeah. of these. Again, I haven't read the books, but it's not any clearer to me what what you mean by choosing to be light or dark. Like, what are mm. like, what are the can I. I get a mission statement from each side. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, what are you for? Yeah, what I mean, it mostly just seems What's like... What's platform? In, in yeah. the movie, Emma Thompson posits that, like, if she becomes evil, she will kill, she kill all, all the humans. humans. She will kill, kill all, all humans. humans. Kill all humans. As all good robots do. Yeah. <laughs> and if she stays light, she won't, I no. guess. Like, I she'll guess just, just be a good girl. You kind of just leave it. Well, it's yeah. weird, right? Because I, I almost don't think the choices are not good or evil. The choices are just evil or normal. Yeah, you know I guess mean? it is the thing where it's like it doesn't seem like the people who are light are like actively a force for good. Right, they're not out there being world. paladins or right. something. Right, like it's just like they're living their lives and not being bad. So like, right. yeah, I agree with you. It's kind of like a neutral good right. rather than like an actual good. You're like, well, you're not actively hurting others. Right, but like so. you're not solving world hunger or curing diseases either. You're just sort of like hanging with your family, which yeah. like, I respect. That's cool. It's it is just sort of it's a it's a it's a weird spectrum to go from like normal to bad. Yeah. Do we have anything else we wanted to say about this movie's like lore? No, it's just like like I said, it's just it, it is the biggest problem I have with this movie. Yeah. It is just needlessly confusing to me, and I cannot make ha- seen it three times. Cannot make heads or tails. We've kind of covered the plight of women as well, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's I, true. The thing I was going to say was um, before we get into actors and characters. Yes. Let's highlight at least one thing we liked in our new... Well, you guys have pretty much already talked yeah, about Yeah, I mean, we took, we took the church scene church and scene. the plate spinning sequence. Yeah. Uh, I like the male perspective. I, I like, like that as well. As Listen, well. That is like my biggest thing that I enjoyed. My I favorite thing about this YA, what I think we need more of, is guys. <laughs> I agree. Need more men. More boys. Get more us, boys. Get us the boys. That. <laughs> yeah. Bring, bring me boys, boys, please. More boys. Yeah, good more boys. good boys. Good boys. Yes, good boys. we need more good, good boys. boys in our YA. Yeah. And, uh, no, I have I, to, you know what I realize is that in like uh, 10 years, possibly now, possibly in five, this, I'm going to sound really creepy for saying shit like that. More boys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Good boys. I need more boys. <laughs> I'm going to sell Don Let me yeah. tell you about these boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I think that is also my first, like, my the thing that I like the most about this movie yeah. is, no, like, I, the weird... Ethan's good. Yeah, Ethan's good. Ethan Ethan's is a good, good boy. He's a good boy. It's the, the the weird choice to, like, ground this in the perspective of the male character, which is, I think, just a very fascinating take. I also kind of think, like, whether it works or doesn't, I appreciate someone who's willing to change that up, because otherwise, I mean, I don't think it's a hot take to say that a lot of YA is very rote and samey. Right. Um, and they do follow that formula and right. pattern. So, really, and I think if any this, upset or deviation from that is desirable. Right. And like I said earlier, if this were not gender swapped in that sense, it would feel probably like all those yeah. other. And I think you know there would still be a few things where you saw this movie <laughs> and were like, oh, like Jeremy Irons, he was fun. Emma Thompson, right. she was fun. Emmy Rossum, great. But then it's, it's just sort of like, and that's kind of all you get here. And like at the very least, it has that to hang its hat on. Yes. 
Which um which which I appreciate. That's fun. All right, so I guess let's get into actors and characters. Right, I gotta pull up like IMDb or something because yes. I want to get characters' names because I know I will not remember. Well, we can any start with them. Alden Aaron Aaron Reich as Ethan Waite. Ethan yeah. Waite. He's good. He's great. He is good. Yeah. No. I, he's I, handsome. He's yeah. charming. Yeah. I, I mean, I think. Well, he's he's so he's handsome, but he's not like shockingly handsome. You he's know, like not bland looking. He has an interesting face. No, he's he not does. like the guy in Fallen, the angel guy. Right. Like this ethereal beauty. Yeah. yeah. Right. He, it, it, he's he's nice more. He's guy. like a darker sort of like. I, I don't know. He has like a very sort of like angsty looking face, mm-hmm. but not angsty to the yeah. point that it's like annoying to me. You know, because yeah. I think the character is not angsty. To no, be quite clear. He, he just has a kind of like, it's like a sly looking face. Yeah. Kind of sort of like short brown curly hair. Got a great which smile. Like, you know, maybe it was just me, but like, I'm not too into like, to take curly hair like that, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it's like, it looks, makes him look approachable. No, it does. And I, I think it's a very good casting for like, a guy in your high school who you would look at and be like, oh, he's cute, but yeah. not like someone who would be stopped on the street by a modeling agency and be like, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. let me sign you up. The thing that the movie does a very poor job of doing is filling you in on what his life was before the events of the movie because they gesture to things like, does he maybe have a relation, had a relationship with Zoe Deutsch's character, but like, was he popular in school? Well, okay, so I, I was... agree with you in the sense that the Zoe Deutsch thing is endlessly confusing <laughs> as to if they're like ex, like an ex couple. She as really to like, seems to think they Right, or as if it's just that like she thinks that they're a couple, like she thinks that he's cute, so she's gonna, like, singing in the rain, Lena Lamont, and Don, where it's just like she thinks that they're a couple, but he's like, nope, not at all. And so I guess maybe it's that, but I think a lot of um, Ethan's life prior to the start of this is pretty well filled in. Like, you get a feel for, like, who he was. Like, he had a close relationship with his mom. He had Emma. You know, he wanted to get out of town. I think, like, you don't really need a whole lot more than that. For me, it's mostly just the weird thing with Zoe Deutsch, who continually shows up and is like, hey, boyfriend, and he's like, I'm sorry, what? The other missing piece, though, is uh, his dad, and they write him pretty much out of the movie by saying he's, like, catatonically depressed. Right, I, I do time. think I do think it is super weird that you never see his dad on screen at all ever. Well, like you said, they shot it but didn't yeah, use it. I, I don't know what that footage uh, entails, but yeah, apparently something like that. Like it does, you, you do think that there would be at least like a scene of Ethan like bringing his dad breakfast and his yeah. dad just kind of like sitting in a chair staring at nothing, and Ethan's just like, okay, well, like I'll check in with you later. Hope everything's good. You could probably pay someone a very little amount of money because they wouldn't have lines. That's also true. <laughs> um... But yeah, I, he's great. He, yeah. I think he kind of takes very, very medium material and sells it. Yeah, and well. he's fun and funny. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, Alice Englert as Lena Duquesne. Uh, I think there's times in her performance where she's underselling it in a really interesting way. Yeah, I, I would say I like her, but I would also say that because... I'm so confused by what's happening to her character toward the end lost of the movie in the, in the, right, in the mess. that I sort of have trouble like holding on to anything in her performance. And yeah. I don't think it's the actor's fault. I, I think it's just that well, I don't I see... I think that she has the more thankless role of like mysterious right. mm-hmm. love interest who's enigmatic. Yeah, that's also and so, true. so like, the scenes where I think they're just like her and, and Alden... Are uh, Ethan like flirting or yeah. great? Yeah, yeah, I like those two. But like when you come home and she's sort of like in a like a fugue state, right. while people are trying to like, or like her surrounding her with lightning bolts. Yeah, then then you're like, what's happening? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's your motivation here? Are yeah. You, yeah. Are you being possessed? What's happening? Yeah, I know. I'm mad that you just failed test or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what's going on with her. And all she missed the forest wallpaper. Yeah, and again, I think that is the writing. 
Yeah. It's, just, it's not clear, you know, what's going on. Right, and I'm sure it's one of those things where, like, as an actor, you don't really have a foothold in this character then at this point either. So just kind of, like, yeah. try and play what is on the paper and just hope that you're doing it right. I do also want to point out, she's a relative unknown and did not have much experience at the time of this movie. Like, she didn't have many roles before this. I can only imagine what a intimidating feeling that must have been to, like, do scenes with fucking Jeremy Irons and Emma Thompson. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Jeremy Irons, Macon Ravenwood. I mean, he's incredibly entertaining. He can't. Yeah. He can't keep that accent. The yeah. accent is horrible. It's, it's a very yeah. It's, it's a very half-assed attempt it's to do a southern way accent. Way more British than it is southern. right. Like every now and then, he kind of drifts into the bay, but then no, like drifts like, back out again. It literally looks like he has marbles in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> right. He does. Like, Maybe that was my dear. Yeah, it was yeah. like he got something in his mouth physically. It, it was like a Henry style yeah, yeah, elocution yeah. lesson. Where like now to get the southern accent, right? Yeah. I'm going to put these marbles yeah. in your mouth. And he's like, keep them in my mouth, okay? Yeah. <laughs> or did he watch Vincent D'Onofrio's performance in uh, Men in Black? I don't think it's quite that nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I like Nathan though as a character. He's fun. Jeremy Irons yeah. is fun to watch. He, he is. Great. Yeah, and it's good to know that I guess in theory he could have been back for more. Movies based mm-hmm. on the plot elements that we've heard of in the sequel yeah, books. Yeah, supposed to come back. He's yeah. not really dead in the books. Right, he's, which he's, is good. He's a part of the greatest scene. Just yeah. him and... I can't neglect to say that somewhere, somebody, I think one of the authors, referred to him as uh, Badass Boo Radley, which doesn't make any sense. I don't, <laughs> not at all. It leads me to believe that this author has not actually... <laughs> no, that character is not Boo Radley at all. No, no. I think you mean Atticus Finch. Yeah, I'm not sure. Who? Well, I think they mean Boo Radley in the sense that he's like a recluse. Yeah, but Boo Radley, Boo Radley was disabled, right? Was he? I don't yeah, know I thought he was, was like autistic. I thought he was like. I guess he could be. I don't remember. Yeah, and at least in the movie that I saw, that is how he is portrayed. Now okay. that could have been racism. <laughs> I don't know. Um, like to, you know, of a movie made with in the era of Gregory right. Peck. Yeah, but uh, I always remembered it in the book as like he's like what what they would have called touched. Right, like he's got yeah. some problems yeah. developmentally. Right. Well, I mean, the movie also outright compares him to Boo Radley when they're reading To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. yeah. Like, now let's talk about Boo the Bradley mysterious shy. recluse, Boo Radley, and the one girl's like, uh, "Don't you mean Macon Ravenwood?" Yeah. She's yeah, like, which, by the way, what a name. Because also, like, all, like, Boo Radley is just like a recluse. Like, uh, what he does is he like leaves random shit in the fucking in trees. Tree. Yeah. And then is accused of murder. I don't understand the comparison to a rich Bradley's guy. not really accused of murder. The black guy is. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 get, I think it's literally just on the most base level of guy in house never comes out. I guess. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I think you're right, though. It's I think they probably part, didn't read the book and they comparison. were just like, what if we, what if we referenced this? Yeah. What other southern literature can we talk about? It does about? seem, I, I guess it feels even weirder than thinking back on it, the scene in the church that it's like not more of a big deal that this recluse has like shown up. And I get that like people are acting like, oh, but it's also kind of like, are you acting that way because you haven't seen him in 20 years? Are you acting that way because you think like he's a witch or some but dumb also, shit? Like I would even just, just say in like personality, he's confident, he's suave, he is Right, as opposed to like Boo Radley who like only communicates with a child. Right. Crack leaves in a tree. So anyway, uh, Vela Davis as Emma. She doesn't have much to do, but she does it very well. No, she does. She does it well. She has a, a little scene that I like where I guess she and Jeremy Irons are trying to ask for help from, like, her dead relatives. Which I looked up on uh, in the Wikipedia yeah. for the whole books. Um, she's a descendant of one of the slave cooks oh, at fun. Greenbrier. And Great. so that's who they were attempting to contact. Great to know. Um <laughs> 
It's to Uncle Albert. Or yeah, uh, Abner. Abner. Yeah, Uncle Abner. Wait. Well, he was a cook, I guess. He was, I was a cook. Say, I was like, his favorite food was shrimp and grits, and he was a slave. Like that's not what. No, but as a cook, like yeah, you, as a you cook, get that shit. Would have eaten that, yeah. yeah, it's a scene of her going to his gravestone and like opening Tupperwares of food, and being yeah, like, "Here's your favorites. Thought... Here's shrimp and grits. Here's coconut pie. Can you give us some information about what Seraphine's doing?" <laughs> I that was just literally like her uncle that was dead. Oh well, that's yeah. what I, I that's yeah. was my assumption I, as well. I, I almost think there's like a everyone's a Skywalker or a Palpatine effect happening here, where it's like everyone, everyone, the ancestor was that Greenbrier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, in my in my mind, right? Like if you're contacting spirits for help, I don't really think it matters when they died, as long as they're a spirit. Right? Yeah. So like you could, it, well, it doesn't really matter that you if it's like your uncle or some guy who dies later. Right. Yeah. 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 They they allude to things where like. Uh, Anna Viola Davis was like present for kind of some like foundational events before the movie Uh, like she knew Ethan's mom and about like the things she had going on with Macon anyway it was a it's an interesting character you just don't see her that much Uh, next build is Emmy Rossum as Ridley Duquesne so much fun yeah Yeah, love her I wish she met her I wanted to say about Emma really quick because I just forgot is that uh I forget who mentioned it on mic, but she is an amalgamation of like three multiple, or four characters. Yeah, yeah, many, all a lot of women who tell Ethan some stuff. Right, in the book are just com- condensed to Emma, which I think is a really good choice. I agree. I don't know why there's a librarian keeper and also a seer keeper and like a nanny also and, and like just some like great and aunts some aunts who, who like tell shit. Right, know some information like that. Maybe across your books, maybe makes a bit more sense. Right, like maybe someone does something later in on, the movie. But, slim that down. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree completely. I think it was a smart choice to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really so, uh, great, great vamping around. I yeah, vamping around. Very fun. I almost kind of wondered, was there like some subplot where she's like a frustrated actor? Because we get first that almost like black and white starlet moment in the alleyway. Right. And then uh, when she's first seducing Link and giving him the bullet, she's like in this like Pleasantville getup with like a blonde wig I yeah, always yeah. assume that it's just, like, her, like, appealing to people, like, with whatever their fantasy might mm. be, you know, or it's just she'll look different depending on what it is that you're into at that moment. Right. Like, maybe right then, he was just thinking, like, a gorgeous vamp down right. that way. And then later on, he's like, a beautiful Girl woman. next door. Right, like, yeah, who like, make a great wife or something <laughs> like that, whatever, yeah. I don't know. I just, she's so much fun. And she does have a little bit more, like, Vin and Verve than, uh... Uh, Lena does, so it does have the unfortunate effect of you kind of sitting up a little bit more right. when she comes around. Right, and then you get the scene at the end where, like, she finds out Lena and Seraphina's evil plan and how they've killed, supposedly killed Ethan, and Lena's just like, I didn't really mean to be evil, can I come back for the sequel? And she's like, yeah, alright, get the hell out of here. <laughs> we'll deal with you later. Yes. Next up is Thomas Mann's Link. Who cares? Like, fine, doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, no no, no complaints. Emma Thompson as Mavis Lincoln and Seraphine. I mean. Great. I mean. Yeah. I mean. What else can one say? She's, yeah. I, she's my favorite thing about this movie. Yeah. She's um, terrific. She fucking crushes both roles. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it, <laughs> it's also really, I love seeing her transitions from one role to another, which, like, you do get that during the church scene, but you also get that in the scene where uh, Ethan's home watching a movie and she drops by. And he's I like, need you brownies right. from Squash! She, and she, and she, right, and she's just like, it's his friend's mom shows up at the door and he's like, oh, hey, like, nice to see you. And she's like, oh, I just thought I'd come by and check in. And he's like, I don't think I should be letting you in right now. She's like, but I made you brownies <laughs> from Scratch! And she's like, like, that's the moment where, like, you start to see, like, the facade crumbling. And it's, <laughs> yeah. and, like, when she like tries to come in and like the house won't let her in and then she does her like well slap my ass 
Thompson. Call me Sally. I just... It's great. It seems like Emma Thompson is having a great time. She truly fucking is. She's just, like, devouring every scenery, like, everything around her, just consuming all the scenery. Now, I, I guess there's a lot of ways you can interpret this, but it does seem like... That Seraphine was just living inside Mrs. Lincoln, like, full-time. Right, I mean, like, I'm, I'm also still sort of endlessly confused, because the movie never really firmly <laughs> establishes this, that, like, so she, she, like, kind of basically, like, possesses her. Yes. And it's a question of, like, for me, when did she possess her, it appears, and how often is she possessing her? It appears, she appears to have began possessing her around the time that her husband died, because they say there's a line that says, oh, like, Mrs. Lincoln's been, like, kind of screwy since her husband Well, died. that's what I thought, but also, as Lee pointed out, it probably doesn't make much sense for her to be there prior to Lena, Lena showing yeah. up. And Lena has only been there for a yeah. couple of days, that's I guess, true. at this point. So, like, I, again, I, I, it's just sort of confusing to be like, I feel like it should matter a little bit more, especially if Link is going to be an ostensibly important character as to, like, when this woman possessed his mother. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It just sort of... I, I just think it's one of those strange things that the movie sort of leaves very ambiguous. Mm -hmm. And then also you find out at the end that, like, she's not dead, like, she's okay, but she's in a sanitarium. Oh, my God. And they, Which is they such a weird... in a weird throwing. Right, where he's just like, hey, can we stop off and visit my crazy mom in the insane asylum? And you're like, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. all right, sure, On the way to not? NYU. Yeah, yeah, on the way to New York, we're going to stop off at the insane asylum real quick mm -hmm. and visit my mom. Hi and bye. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she gave us some of the funniest moments. Yeah. I still love Great that work. line reading about the love thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> who, who knows? You know, I can't remember. <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah. yeah, she is great. After that, it's really not a whole lot. Like, Margot Martindale is Aunt Del. Wish who, we like, could have had her no. more. Right, like, Margot Martindale, great. A character who doesn't matter and who really only get, like, a scene of her, like, carrying a peacock. Makes yeah. a great lemonade. Makes great lemonade. She, 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 wears, <laughs> she wears some funny she wigs. relocated to Rhode Island yeah. to start her lemonade business. <laughs> yes. Um, that's really all you can say. Like, again, it's one of those things where, like, well, she would have probably mattered in the sequel, but here we are. I'm sure it's the same deal for Eileen Atkins. Right, Eileen Atkins' grandma, who also just, like, shows up, like, wearing a weird, like, purple wig. Nice and then also yeah, that's right, clothes. That's yeah. about it. And then also yeah. shows up in a later scene wearing, like, a crazy robe and turban. <laughs> right. It's just like, shit, like, why am I not spending more time with these people? That is my biggest <laughs> takeaway. Every time I see the family members, I'm like, I wish I was, like, spending time with we these characters. We don't spend enough time Again, in Magic World. what if Grandma was a raging bitch before she turned 16? <laughs> yeah. And then 16 hit and she's like, she mellowed out. I guess I like people now. <laughs> I guess I'm good now. Yeah. Babies, we cool. Babies, we cool. Babies, we cool. And There's, what else? I mean, like, uh, if other Kyle Gallner as Larkin, like, yeah. doesn't really matter Zoe, a whole lot. Zoe Deutsch is... Zoe Deutsch as Emily Asher, like, the bitchy girl. We barely girl. get to know this character. Right. She's uh, kind of more of a thing in the first half of the movie. Like, she stops mattering pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone else is just, like, such a minor character, like the teachers. According to IMDb, the teacher's named Mrs. Hester, not Mrs. English, so I guess it's well, not canonically it's not, Mrs. Not English, Mrs. English, who we see later on. <laughs> There's an English teacher in the books named Mrs. English. I love that. And that is, that is so great. I love that so I, much. I read that on Wikipedia. I literally laughed at it. <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like, well, shit, you know what your life has planned out for you, I guess, now. It's yeah. like, be an English teacher. Can you imagine if you're the writer and you're like, you've my, my instinct is Mrs. English, but I don't named, want to... You've named characters such as Macon Ravenwood, <laughs> Seraphine Duquesne. <laughs> what do you call the English teacher? Yeah. I don't know. Mrs. Mrs. English. English. It feels like a placeholder name that she just, like, the book went to print and they yeah, picked yeah, it up yeah. one day and were like, uh-oh. And it probably was, yeah. honestly, and then they had to stick with it for the next book. <laughs> Mrs. English. I love that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's about all we got for the characters, really, then, too. I mean, any, any last words? Anyone wants to say anything about the movie? 
No, not, not, yeah, nothing that we won't cover um, when we just like say yes or no at the end. But do we um, want to go into fixes? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Does anyone feel like starting? I I can start. Yeah. Okay. If go that's ahead. okay. Yeah. Mine's pretty. It's simple. not okay, but go ahead. Just because but as it. as as entertaining as I found this movie to be, it's not exactly inspirational. Well, first of all, I want to spend way more time in Magic World. Yeah. And I don't even necessarily need to know every secret and have that all sped out for me because I get it. They were trying to make up the first of a franchise. You wanna you wanna space that out a little bit more, but they truly are starving us for detail. I and agree. I actually think the world comes across as very anemic and underwritten because we're not getting those that juice. Yeah. The thing that just stuck out to me so much was how they reference the Confederacy, the Civil War, a lot. There's uh, one of the biggest set pieces is a reenactment of a battle they won, and ugh, anyway. It's a very big deal. I feel like that's such an unaddressed, gigantic elephant, and I, I think it borders on irresponsible filmmaking to touch that and then also not say, and the, you know, not like... Not like deal with the fact that like, and we were fighting to keep slaves. Right. And it's a good thing that we won that battle. Right. Um, so what I want, I want to keep that. I want to, at least I want there to be the reenactment. I want that to be the attitude in town. But what I want to have happen is I would love for this Emma character to maybe be the one to tell uh, uh, Lena and Ethan the, like, the real deal. So maybe you've heard this, like, very romantic tale of, like, someone doing the unthinkable forbidden spell because their love died, and that's, like, a very, like, swoony tale. I would love if Viola Davis's character is like, nope, here's what really happened. Like, these were a bunch of, like, racist idiots. Um, I'll, I would even love to take it to the point of maybe casters were not born with this magic, and maybe they originally learned it from the slaves that they were keeping, uh, that was an angle that one detail that they kind of allude to in an adaptation of The Crucible that's otherwise not that good, but they allude to the idea that Tichaba has been a tutor of magic, but is then abused for tutoring magic. And I thought that was interesting and kind of an, a cool way to parallel these white people have essentially taken this thing from people of color and then continue to enslave them. So I don't really know what happens plot-wise. I really just wanted to explore that and upend this idea of there being a harmless plantation fantasy at play. I feel like if you're going to write about that now, you need to get into it. Okay. I, I, I get it. I think for me, contrary-wise, I would omit all that shit entirely. Because yeah, I, think that's what I don't care about it, and yeah. I don't want it. Yeah. It's not what I want this movie to focus on. Mm-hmm. As I said before, the things that I really enjoy the most in this movie are, like, the family that they're creating for themselves. And so I think that if you want that to be something that the movie spends a lot of time focusing on, I think that you kind of need something narratively for it to hang itself on. And I guess, I, I guess what this movie is kind of trying to drive at, and maybe the book is too, is the idea that, like, as Terminator 2 says, there is no fate but that which we make for ourselves. And so the, I guess the idea is, like, you, are, like, it's like you you rebelling against, like, the, what you are born into and what you are told you have to be, which I think also is something that, like, works fairly easily as a YA adaptation too, because, like, that's shit that teenagers are dealing with all the fucking time, and something that I'm sure, you know, like, you love to see reflected in your media at that mm-hmm. age. So I, I guess it has to be something to do with that. But what I also think is that this movie, this movie, this first movie, needs to omit almost 
everything related to the moon. Um, so I want to get rid of the whole You're thing. anti-moon. I, I fucking hate the moon. Every every night when the moon first comes up, You're like, oh, I, I, I shake my fist at it. You'll, you'll never claim me, moon. But what I think it needs to be is I think it needs to focus less on the idea that like when you turn 16, you're going to be claimed. And I think maybe you can sort of subtly have Macon allude to that point to her at some point. And I think maybe what it should be is it almost takes on the form of like a family reunion where like every single fucking family member is showing up because her 16th birthday is going to be in six months or something. Something that punts it a little further down the road. And so you have every fucking goofy-ass family member crawling out of the woodwork to show up. You spend more time with um, the two of them and their family members and maybe you start to see kind of like what we had said earlier, the idea, are you actually a good caster or are you just like a caster who's sort of like... Not a psychopath. Right, yeah, you're just like a neutral caster. (laughs) And so it's just this idea of sort of exploring the ideas of like what both good and evil mean for these characters and the Mm -hmm. idea that like in theory when she decides later on in movie number two that like no I'm going to be both Mm -hmm. I'm going to be not good and not bad which they seem to allude to at the end of this movie and so that you have something like that to sort of narratively boost yourself up on so I think that's mostly just kind of it I just need to like trim down this weird ass mythology that this movie is bogged down and clarify it in very basic ways right and I think also then once you set up and establish the family members then you again you have those characters to show up in the future too and you already know and care about them so like yeah sure we'll want to see more of them if we actually have a feel for who they are what their relationships are and what they're like you can bounce them off each other yeah that's what I got alright nice thank you well I have a pretty slim fix I think which is that I think my biggest problems with this movie are so the the idea of being of not having any choice in who you are is both A a bummer and be confusing because I don't again I don't know how it works where Ridley's really nice and then suddenly she wants to kill people it's right. very confusing to me I don't know how as a writer you don't you don't ever get into that like what happened to the person who was before it's also sort of a flat villainy isn't it yeah it's it's Unmotivated. bizarre it, yeah it's like an entire like removal of the self which is very bizarre to me and I can't really wrap my head around it so I also think that the whole like curse thing is is where this comes from is the is the root of the problem. So I'm cutting the whole curse out. There's no past flashback nonsense. There is a curse, but the curse is that like it's the same world, the same rules of the base world, which is that when you turn 16, you have to decide who you are or like decide a path or whatever. And maybe it's not like a a supernatural event, but like a pledge or something mm-hmm. that you like a sign a book somewhere, I don't know, you do some <laughs> yeah. ritual or whatever. Correspondence course. Yeah, and, like, it somehow levels up your power, and also, like, you are now, like, conscripted into a light or dark, whatever the fuck that means, which, I'm still a little confused, but I'm engaging with it for now. Um, however, Seraphine is an evil bitch who, at some point, like, put this curse so that the next, or her daughter, when her daughter has to choose, like, if she chooses uh, so-and-so, like, the, the people she likes will die. And so the curse, the, the, the choice is there, like, she can still choose, but, like, if she doesn't choose dark, all of her loved ones will die. And so it's like, I don't know what to do about it because I don't know how to get rid of this curse. And, like, I, I guess I'm just going to have to do this to keep everyone I know alive. And that's, that's the whole, like, race against time to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm really changing that much else. I think Seraphine is still the villain here. And this leaves, her, like, it doesn't mean that, like, Lena's going to change as a person. It just means that, like, she has to go with her mother to keep people alive. She's not going to, like, magically want to kill people or... <laughs> um, and then finding the way out of the curse can just be, again, some sort of similar, like, we study in the magic library for ten days right. and find out if it's a spell I gotta do. You know, it's just a bunch of MacGuffin hunting, right? Yeah, no, right. Day. 
So it doesn't really change too much. It doesn't remove this idea that you have no agency over who you are as a person and instead be like, you do have agency, but, you know, someone's made it a hard choice for you. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. I just would also, just real quick for mine, because I didn't mention it, the narrative arc for mine, like, the, the, the conflict in mine is literally just going to be evil mom is showing up. Like, that's it. Yeah, I, I same. Just, like, which I think is, like, a perfectly fine mm-hmm. conflict to have in the yeah. first movie or first book of a series. Yeah, and I think in, in either case, like, the idea, it's it's a good, like, YA setup where it's kind of like, you know, what do you want to major in in college? It's right. like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be on the light side or the dark side? Yeah. Again, I don't understand in the books or any in the movie at all. Like, is this like an ongoing war? Like, are right. we able to? Like, can I can I fraternize with dark casters? If I'm yeah. a light caster, like, what are we doing? What once I'm a light or dark caster, what do I do with that? Information? Right. No, I mean it does seem because like how like, does that dictate my they life? They don't expect uh, what's her face Ridley to like show up at the house. Yeah, but also to, like, they don't kick her out. Right. Anymore. So it's is it the equivalent of just the black sheep of a family? I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't I, know. I don't know either. Anyway, that's my fix. It doesn't answer all my questions. <laughs> but it's a fix. Simplifies some of them, I think. Now we come to the, the, the best question of all. Would you recommend watching this movie? Yeah, I would. I would, too. It's I entertaining. Would. I mean, it's a yeah. lot of fun. I mean, like, for, like, again, like, for me, there is, like, a gradual slope where, like, I start to be like, oh, boy, like, I'm not feeling this as the movie progresses. Yeah. But, like, there are several scenes and several performances, and, like, like I said, the general conceit are all things that I'm kind of on board for. I think, for me, the, the draw is... Emma Thompson, Jeremy Irons, Emmy Rossum. I think yeah. they are giving me their performances that keep me in the movie. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of fun performances, and for, a, for a, a book one movie that, like, doesn't have sequels, it ends on a, diff- on a decent note. You don't yeah. feel like you're being, unlike Fallen. Right. <laughs> or it's aggressively, like, yeah. punting a sequel. Aggressively yeah. punting your questions for a future right, date right. that like, will never Well, it's out, it goes beyond punting when you, like, save literally all your plot for the last <laughs> right. 20 minutes. Yeah. It, but this one, you know, you can, you it, like, if we never get the second movie, we can just assume, like, ah, he remembered, and Lena's Everything's fine, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. right. I still am in disagreement with that Wikipedia thing that said that him I calling out her name. No, that's, I agree. Made, that's, made, that's, like, kept the dark end. That's attack. 100% inference. Whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, we never got into it, but there's this concept that Ethan is a, a, a special type of mortal. A special boy. Called a wayward, who, yeah. like, guides casters. So he doesn't have any magic, but he helps casters make choices. Right. He's like he's he's so, he's born to be a life coach for casters. Yeah, so I, basically, yeah. And so I I assume that whoever wrote that Wikipedia is really with that. And, Which, and they're like, like yeah, he's using like, his right, to his abilities ability. to make sure she doesn't decide to be evil. Yeah. Would, would you play the the wayward dating game? Or like the dating sim where it's like you have to decide, Ethan, yeah. Ethan is he, he, has to, he has to life coach these casters but he is also he's got to fuck one of them 100% yeah, he's a wayward and he's got to pick which mortal he, which caster he's right, going yes. right. to 110% would play this game yeah. um, you got Ridley you got Larkin Margo Martindale Margo Martindale oh my god <laughs> Is that who you romance first? Yeah, the secret option. If, yeah. you, if you do it exactly right, you could end up with yeah, Margot Martindale. That's the golden ending. Yeah. Certain specific dialogue options. Margot Martindale will show up in and be like, well, I always thought that we had a connection. You could be like, I never thought to act on it. Can always have her just like stroking a peacock? princess save you when you don't get a partner? And you appear with the rabbit. And then the rabbit is the hottest prince of them all, it turns out. Really? Yes. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. I'm glad there were two for two inch movies that we kind of liked <laughs> for the summer so yeah. far. It's, it's I mean, great. I would never tell anyone this was a quality movie. No, but I'd be like, good. you know what? Like, it's but, interesting. It's more yeah. interesting than you think. Yeah. Uh, Facebook.com slash Wildwitch Podcast is our Facebook page. Dropback.com is our website. You can uh, smash that like or subscribe button. Follow mm-hmm. us on Apple Podcasts or Stitchy. 
Stitchy. On Stitchy. We have to figure out how to get on Spotify. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. One of these days, we'll figure it out. out. (laughs) (laughs) We'll figure it out. Bye. Bye. Bye.